Did you did you hear it last night? Did you hear the final call, T Rose? I was trying to hustle to fight it before the show started, and then I Teddy was up here, and I never get to see Ted, so I was trying to pick his brain on something. Well, or no, I was just letting him know, letting him and you know. Well, spraying f bombs. Sorry, Luann, uh, about something from last night. Did you guys bring it out of me? I don't know what. If Ted and I did a show together, I'd totally be in trouble with the FCC. Totally. Why can't I hear you? I got to press those Oh, buttons. there you go. I was like, whoa, I see you talking. <laughs> My bad. I do that all the time. <laughs> um, you would have to be on a different format if you were doing a show with Teddy. Um, huh. Yeah, you know what? I've got everything okay. What I theorized to you, what we were talking about, yeah, it's it's legit, man. There's some heat. There's some disappointment right now, and I think I completely understand why. But hey, welcome into the Plank Show right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Good morning, Josh. And a very pleasant good morning to you. How are you, my friend? I'm outstanding, man. It was a, a couple of things. It was real. First of all, if oh that's not how that works if you are traveling into um say norman and you're coming from dallas this morning good luck <laughs> yeah I, I don't know what's going on but yeah it's it, 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 it's not good apparently not good. there was an accident is that what it was yeah i i was hoping it just wasn't road construction bro i legit took two row and by the way it i still got here in plenty of time so bravo to me bravo to maps whatever but last night or, or last night look at me this morning everything was kind of on time right everything was rolling everything was kind of cooking a little bit um and then i i get backed up on a road that i've never had to wait on in my life and when that happens, you're you're of the mindset that something very, very wrong is going on here. Either there's a wreck that way, or there's a wreck that way. And unfortunately for your boy, it was that way. I went a little back road riding, went a little bit drifting, got here in time, so we're good. You still made it. So that was number number two. Yeah. Josh Helmer beating me into the studio. Surprise. What's going on? It, it, every time I Teddy was up here because he was working on something for the podcast for or the Oklahoma breakdown. So that was it I just love seeing Ted. And obviously you and I do a three hour show, but usually the three hour show for you is also then there's another hour show, there might be a fill in here. So it's like the full day. So for you, it's it's legit nine to five. But if I when I see you here early, I'm like, let's go. Let's go. Anything in particular that caught your eye from last night that had you in here grinding this morning or what? Not necessarily. Not not okay. necessarily. It's a great win for Oklahoma softball. Grace Lions. You got to love it. The hat trick. Huge walk-off winner for Oklahoma baseball. Yeah, so do you want to hear the walk-off? Have you heard the call yet? I have, but let's hear it again. Okay, let's real quick, real quick. We have guests today. Guest singular for now, potentially plural. Back of the class, please. There is 
three weeks out of the year when we want to talk to college basketball people. Three weeks. Outside of that, couldn't care less. Outside of Porter Moser and the Oklahoma Sooners. Three weeks, Jeff Goodman. Three weeks, Aaron Torres. Maybe half of a week in there somewhere. You got to grind. Well, you know, I was going to take a little. No, you sleep in May, right? Sleep in April. March is your month. Yes. We sleep in April. I say it because I've never had a, a, a bigger issue, even during the college football season, even during the championship, play-by-play guys from Toby gets them on all the time, right? Sideline guys, analysts, even ESPN guys during the college football season, always find time. Yeah, dude, we'll come on. We'll do this. We'll do that. Dude, college basketball people is like, oh, ah. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it's got a busy schedule. I got a shoulder thing. Ah. But we'll get there. We'll get there. With our college basketball guys. But Eric Lopez is going to join us at 11 a.m. this morning. And uh, maybe a college basketball guy. And maybe guys. a college basketball guy. But, jeez, man. You would think that they're all writing some massively long manifesto that is just going to explain everything from the start of, of college basketball and, and where, it, where it went and beyond. But I, I, I digress. I just – it's like, bro, get – if you can't come on, say I can't come on. Don't pull the old, hey, Tuesday I have time, and then Tuesday you don't answer the phone. Well, Wednesday I might be okay, and then Wednesday pops are like, oh, man, this thing came up. I get that, but this is it. This is the only month, essentially, we want to hear from the experts. The rest of the year we get the coaches and the players. So maybe a college basketball game. Now that I've burned every bridge possible with a college basketball game. Well, it'll be great to hear from Eric Lopez. Elo's going to come on with us at 11 today. Uh, super dude. I really like Eric. I like the crew that covers Kyle, him and Justin. And, um, oh, gosh, Red, Red, Redbird, all of them do a great job. And I, he was one of the first people that actually kind of pushed me. He's like, hey, dude, you should talk about softball more. I'm telling you, the response we get is pretty cool. And with the In the Circle podcast and what they've done at what – um, they're not the D1 softball. The D1 softball's trying, and they're blowing up too, but with the Justin softball and you know, fastpitchnews.com, there's a lot of really cool news outlets. So we'll, we'll talk to them later. And, yes, we'll get to the game from last night because there was a little debate too. Hey, call Toby and see how his nap's going because I do want to – I do have to get into this. So you, he didn't consider a run rule – Walk off a walk off, right? Is that what I was deriving from the conversation earlier? I don't know that he didn't like, consider be, it that, or if I need to become more creative in how I describe it, is that what it was? Maybe he didn't consider uh. it a walk off, or at least he thought, "Is that a walk off?" Uh. Was asking the question. I've always called it one because literally it's the last hit, and you walk off the field. But I would understand if someone's like, "Hey." You're devaluing a walk-off if you call a run rule win a walk-off. Okay. I, I don't know. I'm not into semantics. But if I need to correct that, I'll be more than happy to do so. But there's no doubt. I mean, no doubt, Josh Helmer, that this was a walk-off last night. Um, No, no, no. That's the wrong. I down, how could I download not – how could I sit here and download the walk-off? I downloaded Barks at OSU Pitcher. How is that? Wait, let's hear what this is. Hold on. 
I don't know what this even is. Bart's at OSU pitcher. This had to be late in the game or earlier in the game. Into his windup and the pitch, and he hit him. And Graham barks at him a bit on his way down the line. And the tying run is aboard to start the ninth. Okay. Whenever he said barks at him, I was like, whoa. Is this safe for air? Well, I I felt pretty good about that T-Row wouldn't put us in a bad situation. Um, All right, well, let's see. All these are labeled very oddly. Not And there's not from T-Row by any stretch of the imagination. Let's see there. Full count, bases loaded, bottom nine, tie game. Martin versus Orduño. The pitch. And he walked him. And you can unhitch the wagon. The Sooners have walked off the Cowboys in Tulsa. Final score on a Tuesday night. It's Oklahoma 7 and Oklahoma State 6. And it's been a while since the Sooners have been able to win a ball game here in this ballpark. They were 0-4, and then the Sooners come up big here and go 4-0, which, uh, you know, you got to get excited about if you're Oklahoma. And I think that's something that uh, you build off of. You won two out of three from Baylor in the Big 12. You come to Tulsa, and... uh, you upset the apple cart here a little bit. Did a good job on it. Sooners rally from an early 4-0 deficit and get their second walk-off victory in three games. This one over their arch rivals from Payne County. 7-6, Oklahoma wins it. There you go. A Big walk win. Off. I mean, that is a true walk-off. <laughs> but Impressive. A walk-off walk. I've been a part. So, 16 was my first year doing softball, just to kind of give you a little perspective here. A little, uh, they always talk about context, a little plank show context. So, 16 was my first year doing softball. 11, 12, 13, 14, and 15, I would be Toby's filling. I would do like what what Taylor and uh, what Brandon – who was the – why did I just space on the SID? I almost said Patrick Dunn. But Brandon would, would fill in and do some. And so when he was out, I would be his fill-in guy. And there's not a lot of those Oklahoma State games that we went through where you came away with a fist pump, right? There's just – and that's going back the better part of the last 10, 11, 12 years through a couple different coaching regimes, through a couple different – well, obviously, when you're talking a better part of a decade – and Toby hit it on the head. Last night, Oklahoma was an aggressive baseball team. They took the fight to Oklahoma State. And that's exciting to see from a team that, yeah, they won the series this weekend, but oof, you know, taking a 16-8 to pounding on Sunday, it's not always an easy thing to bounce back from, especially when you gave up three of those runs in the first inning. And just when you had kind of climbed back into the game, they put a five spot on you in the seventh. Brendan Flynn, thank you very much, Drake Dykin. B. Flynn. Did I say Brandon? I'm old. But it was I it was really awesome to see. I was pumped up. Now, did I miss the walk-off? You bet I did. Just I'm I'm being completely honest. But I'm really happy. I'm pumped up for Oklahoma Sooner baseball this morning. Oklahoma Sooner softball? Let's talk about it next. Because Patty Gasso afterwards. Not happy. I, I don't think Coach would mind me saying that, and I've got some audio for you to listen to. 
you get the sense. You ever have an event that you go to and you have really, really high in, in three, two, one. You ever have an event you go to and you have really high expectations and you know what this event is capable of being and you see the balloons and you're like, man, this place gets awesome. And then maybe it doesn't necessarily meet your expectations. Or you know, a better example, a restaurant, a new restaurant opens up and it's Josh and Plank's restaurant, and we brought, we got the best steaks in town. These steaks, best steaks in town. And then lo and behold, you sit down and you eat, and you're like, that better? I kind of get the sense there's a little bit of that right now with how the Sooners are executing softball-wise. In other words, everything looks good. 10 to 2 wins, comeback win, 3 to 1, two run rule wins this weekend, a UAB coming up. Everything looks good. You're 30 and 0, and 25 of those wins have been by run rule. But yet you drill a little bit deeper, and you're like, ah, hmm. just kind of seems like that could be a little better, or this should be better. To where your expectation, right, is this has the potential to be the best you've ever seen, and you're just not getting it. So I had a little post Patty from last night I want to share with you guys from her meeting with the media. Also, um, Mike Gundy gives us a little food for thought and his thoughts on expansion from Big 12 today, yesterday, with Gabe and Dusty that I'm going to share with you. I think you'll uh, – I think it'll fire some people up. And far be it from an Oklahoma State coach to say anything that might try to tweak an Oklahoma fan, but we'll get to that coming up in just a bit. But Patty Gasso is next from last night. Uh, he's Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. At Josh on Ref, I'm at Plank Show. You can get involved in the show on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. You can call us at 329-9000. We're talking some Sooner softball next. I don't know if that analogy really worked, but you got my point, right? You think that something has the potential to be the most amazing thing you've eaten, seen, or been a part of. It doesn't live up to your expectations. And it delivers, but it doesn't deliver, right? If if I'm going to drive, like for instance, when, at some point in my life, I'm sure I'll drive a Tesla. Some people... Some people build it up as the most amazing thing they've ever been a part of. Others are like, meh. But, I mean, in my mind, I built it up like, I can play on my phone while I'm driving. Let's go. But it's probably not going to meet my expectations. Still cool, right? Uh, the, the restaurant comparison might still be a good meal, but not the greatest you've ever had. You know, you could go. Here's a great example with WrestleMania this weekend in Dallas. You can love wrestling. Go to a wrestling match. And see all the stars. But when the stars just walk out and wave, you're like, ah, man. Not really what I was buying the ticket for. I wonder, and again, this is a hard thing for for me because I see the greatness, right? I see the three home runs and five runs batted in from Grace Lyons. I see Jordy Ball dominating in the circle. But I'm – 
as we welcome you back into the Plank Show on The Ref, I am the greatest example of a Disneyland dad. Do you, Have you ever heard the analogy Disneyland dad before, Josh? No, okay. I don't think so. Here's, here's what a Disneyland dad is. All right, trust me, I'm going to call it before. Usually, whenever a couple divorces... If either one side is trying to keep, and I guess a Disneyland mom could fit too. There might be certain instances where one parent doesn't get as much time with the child as the other. It's unfortunate. It's the reality. Joint custody should happen in every single divorce unless there are drug problems or, I don't know, unless they're homeless or something. Just my belief. The abuse. But joint joint. Custody should be mandatory when both parents want to be involved. Now, as they get off that soapbox, sometimes when they're not, that dad that gets just an every other weekend or maybe two nights a week or maybe one night a week, that night you're off to Target, you're going to Incredible Pizza, you're going to, what's the place here? It's not Showbiz Pizza, Chuck E. Cheese, you're going to... Out of Toys R Us, if it was still, in other words, all the bells and whistles. Everything is party time whenever you're with mom or dad. Meanwhile, there's the the nine, well, nine to five, eight to eight grind. You gotta get them out, get ready for school. But you swoop in for the good times. Does that make sense? Sure. I am the Disneyland dad with softball because I get not that I have any role, but I get to come in for the fun stuff. Right? I'm like doop doop doop, game day, let's go. We're flying in a plane. We're going to go to a game. Let's go. All right. We're still perfect. See you later. We're undefeated. Hey, I'm going to drive home. I'll see you guys later. I had a good broadcast tonight. I feel good about it. I only made one mistake and it was on account. Almost had a good, perfect broadcast. Do, do, do. (laughs) And and I've brought this up. Same thing with football and basketball. Now, we might get stuck in a travel delay now and then, but oh, guess what? I don't have to get up and practice. I can go lay on my couch and nap. Do, do, do. My equipment worked good. Stress-free. So I'm surprised that everyone in that place doesn't hate me, and they might. Because I get to come in for the fun. I get to come in for the, the let, let, we, we just won a game on a quote-unquote walk-off. Did you hear my call? It was fun. I, I didn't think it was gone, and it left the yard, and I lost my mind. It was awesome. It's high-fiving fans afterwards. It was great. Meanwhile, the staff... Has to go in and break down all the film. The video people got to make sure the video is in line for this game and next game. The coaches have to come up with a plan of how they're going to attack. I think the UAB has like five different pitchers they've used this year, right? And then beyond that, start thinking about tech. And then for Coach Gasso, she's got to oversee it all, right? Hey, what's going on, game day? So I, I'm very lucky. I'm very fortunate. I'm very blessed that I get an opportunity to just be around this team somewhat. So I see all the fun, right? I see I'm the trip to Chuck E. Cheese. I show up whenever I'm going to take you to Target. But Coach Gasso appears to have a little bit of an issue with that day-to-day grind. Oh, I like to read that one real quick before I get to this. Plank is too much. He uses I way too much. And his, hold on, and his humor is lacking. Have him stick to sidelines. That is disappointing. All right, well, then let me get to the sidelines and play this for you. Here's a little gasso from last night in her post game 
talking about, I think the first question was, oh, it's just an opening statement. Another run rule, which is great. I thought Jordy threw really well. Uh, of course, Grace Lyons was the star of the show. Uh, got some opportunities for some other players to get in and do their thing. Um, I felt like we started slow, so I wasn't really happy with that. Um, quite honestly, run rules are are good, but they're they're becoming a little bit poisonous to us. <laughs> and it's not like I could tell a team, hey, let's just slow it down and play seven innings. They're just doing what they're doing. But through that, we're getting, I think, kind of lost in the idea that we are that good right now. We can get a run rule on somebody, um, but it doesn't make us good enough. So I'm continuing to, I mean, just I'm continuing to get on these athletes as to what we need to do, the little things, attentive, focused, all of those things. It's easy to get away from those things when you get big scores. So we are continuing to work to improve what we know we have to do in that locker room and on this field of practice. There you go. There's the opening statement. Interesting. I, I wonder if it was something that happened in the game, if she senses that the focus just isn't quite right because, look, it's easy to look at the final score. Right. And once again, Oklahoma run rules. It's 10 to 1. And all's great in paradise, right? Right. It Was it something, the focus within the game was uh, – I mean, I, I don't know if she sensed that that wasn't quite right or if it's been a practice problem with this group. Well, it's that's a good question because, let's see, I, someone asked about Grace right away, which is – I mean, she hit three home runs and had five runs batted in. Yeah, you, you would – I think that's kind you of You got thin. to. Um, but here was the, the question that I think Joey asked, and it was more about – it was their frustration because in the first inning the run scored – when they threw the ball all around the yard. Like, you had an error by Grace Lyons, which was a little bit odd. Then Lindsey Elam was slow to get the ball to the plate, and the throw was up the line. So, Coach kind of went through that. Yeah, it's not that. It's not that. I actually – it was a little because we allowed the run to score when we didn't need to. So, um it was a little bit of that, but it was more of the first two innings, we left six runners in scoring position. And that's just lazy at bats sometimes. So, or unfocused, or let, let, me, let me understand what I need to do and let me work to get it done. And I just didn't feel that. I didn't feel that from our hitters at that time. So we had a little powwow and it started to slowly get a little bit better, but we, just we're too good of a team to give up free outs the way we're doing. We're giving up outs by leaving early. We're giving up outs by swinging at bad pitches. We're just we're better. And that I'm just these guys are so good. I'm just a coach that I just don't want to see. I don't want to allow that to happen because we can get away with it. If that makes sense, we can get away with it and no one notices. But 
as a coach and I know what it looks like, I'm going to keep going. And I just, that's what I was doing in there. It's like, either have me tell the truth or I will sit back and, and they all want it and they need it. And I'm not afraid to say it. So, um, there you go. Now, is it okay if I say I here to that douche on the text lines? <laughs> because I am around this team more than anyone, dude, uh, or ma'am. But yeah, people are mean on the text. Yeah, here, lines let, me, here let me roll through a couple of those just real quick. Pull them up. Uh, this the let's see here. Just get to Patty. I, yeah, I, I was leading into it. Um, let's see. There was someone that was mad about me yelling at the runner. That said, uh, give us gasso. Some people are busy and listen to you while driving and have to get out to work. You just took two minutes of my life. I can't get back. Come on, we want Patty. What? The the two minutes when we talked about baseball? Bro, I can't do a three-hour show around one dude's schedule. You know it's going to get there. Why are you people so grumpy today? I thought... I thought the the monster that Patty Gasso had created was just Oklahoma get, softball just get, this undefeated season. I didn't realize it was getting to the topic. <laughs> We've got some folks that so, they want their OU softball and they want it now. So to the nine one eighter, I you jerky, I could see her frustration. We could hear it. I mean, she was talking to the team in the locker room, and as she said, you know, hey, that's that's why I was talking to him and. You guys were waiting. There's not a great, unfortunate, there's not a great setup inside the, the locker room to where, you know, the, the meeting room where they do all the media stuff is literally five steps to the door to the locker room. So if I'm just having this conversation right here with Josh, you can hear it from where the media meets with the coaches to where the locker room is. And as she said, hey, you know, that was just, I was trying to get him fired up. I hope that fit in your schedule, sir. Here's one more. I think Joey followed up with a defensive question. You guys have been so good, and obviously historically, so none of us are used to seeing a couple of errors. Is there frustration that comes with that? A little, yeah, a little. But I mean, errors happen, and you just uh, mistakes happen. If they happen over and over again, you know, you don't you don't see this one make throwing errors. So, but you got to give her an opportunity to not have the ball in her glove, in her hand properly. Um, I had a new third baseman. That's no excuse. Burrito's too good to let a ball go through her legs. Um, you know, I had some people a little bit out of position, but I mean, those were the two areas that we're talking about. So am I concerned about our defense? No, no, no. Um, do in every part of our game, do we need to clean it up? Yes, yes, yes. There you go. Love it. I love it. It's There's great. a little bit of, of Patty post game. Jeez, people, calm down. Yeah, y'all need to find me another show that's going to bring you baseball and softball talk in the first 30 minutes, and you're still yelling at me. Gosh, love it. Uh, I like that question, though, because this is a really, this is a really good one. Uh, go down to the 214. And that was one that I would – oh, you're on it. Never mind. Uh, does – does play? Oh, hey, listen, a nine one eight. I'm going to use I here. Is that acceptable for you? No, it is not. Right. Does Chris think Gasso isn't pleased because she sees the ranked teams like OSU and the Women's College World Series down the road and wants to keep the team focused and hungry? No, I, I don't. I don't. I, I think 
the reason you sense the frustration is what she said in the open. And that is she sees the talent that's in that room. She sees the talent that's in that locker room. I mean, you look, you got the all-time home run queen in college softball, who, by the way, is hitting like 540 this season. Jocelyn Allo is second in the country in batting average. You uh, you have, uh, if you want to get into the five, the recruiting world, like five-star, all-world recruits, like Jordy Ball and T.R.A. Jennings and Jada Coleman. Um, to me, it's more of a call out to the leadership to say there is a level that we're not reaching, that we're capable of reaching. That, And I could be off, but that's what I sense. Hey, this we're kind of going through the motions right now. And if we're going through the motions and winning a game 10-2, to that's great. But the funny thing to me, the funny thing to me is more than anything else, she knows how good this team is. She knows how good they are. Bottom line, more than anything else, we all as fans are all Disneyland dads. That's it. We all are. We get to see the fun. Not just me, you. We go to the games. We watch the highlights. We get the fun part of it. That grind that we don't see is where it appears as if there needs to be a ratcheting up. She, she doesn't concern herself with defense. I mean, Taylor Snow started in left field. Alyssa Brito started at third. Brito started one game, previous at third. And I think the last time Taylor Snow played a game in the outfield – was the Big 12 champion, or Big 12 tournament. She started in right field. I think that's the last time she started a game in the outfield off the top of my head. You have to find a way. You have to find a way to still make that work. And that's on the players. You're playing third base. Jana Johns is out. Her grandpa passed away. She's with her family. We're with her in thoughts and prayers. Great. You, you get that opportunity to step into third base? You're better than allowing a ball to go between your legs. You're going to play some first base? Well, if if a ball skips by you, you better be there as quick as possible or making sure that a throw home is online. I'm, I'm just using different examples from last night. I got a little bit more from Patty we can share as the show rolls on. She met with the media for about 15 minutes last night, 20 minutes after the game. So there's there's tons of good stuff to get to. But there are other things we need to tackle. It is, we're all Disneyland dads at the purest form of this. We really are. Not just me, not just, I don't know, anyone that is around the team in a, in a less than official capacity, but we all are. And we see the scores and we see everything that gives fans reasons to cheer and boosters reasons to support the program. All the things that matter, um, but also all the things that, in the grand scheme of things, they're not what's important to making this team great. And the boosters thing maybe more so. But from a fan's perspective, they need that day-to-day, minute-to-minute grind that she's obviously not seeing right now. That's my takeaway from what I heard. And it's not all perfect. No, it's not going to be. It's important that that message gets across. If Coach Gasso sees and senses that it's not totally fine-tuned right now because she's right. They're talented enough versus a team like Wichita State where 
they can play not their cleanest game and not maybe have their primetime focus and sure. go win that game 10-1 to 1 because they're that good. But you develop bad habits if you take that approach game after game. And to our texter that was asking, you know, is this about what's coming down the line? Maybe, like, yes but no. Right. You sort of always know what's on the horizon and you know that – you're a defending national champion, and that's the pedestal you're trying to get back to. And you do have some tough games coming up, but really, it's about what you see in the present, right? right. And knowing what's on the horizon. So it's kind of a yes and no. Yeah. All right. Quick break. Uh, when we come back, it's nine forty, so we're a little bit behind. I got more softball coming up later in the show. Eric Lopez from In the Circle is going to join us. That's the uh, that's podcast. It covers all things softball. Um. You want to do this Gundy stuff next? I would love to dive into some Gundy stuff. Yeah, he's uh, he's got some interesting takes. It's a little bit of a longer cut, but we'll uh, throw it out there and see what you all think. Plus, got more media availability uh, today for spring football. It's a busy, a busy and loaded Wednesday on the Plank Show. I think the cut from Coach Casso after the question that Joey asked, we should play at the top of every hour. Because it shows you where that focus is for this team. Let's do that then. I think that, you know, I was rolling through the top five, which we're going to hit at 10, Eric Lopez at 11. So we're shifting things up here Whoa. a little bit. Blast from the past. Sorry, yeah, 10 a.m. top five. I really, so just. There's a lot of love for you, by the way, on the text line right now. Well, I, listen, we do a radio. We do a three-hour radio show. And in doing so, we're going to give some context to things. You know, I like K- the Disneyland dad Casey thing. Vineyard doesn't walk in and go, hey, just give box scores. That's all I want. Just just play cuts. We have a show to do. We have a show to do. And I love the fact that people get mad because to me, you're tuned in. Oh, you lost me when you're laying out the Disneyland death. Okay, bye. I mean, you got a lot of options. <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to lose you, but Steel Man and Thune coming up at noon is great. And T Row and TJ, I'm just I'm not gonna be your fl- I have an ex-wife. Now I'm not gonna be everyone's cup of tea if you will i've been fired before all right it happens but it's just this idea that you're just going to walk in and play cuts and say bye i can't do that come on and yes i'm going to do use i in fact as casey ping put it probably going to some third person at some point now now that i've seen that i think i'll start going with some you know chris feels plank feels like this is not a good thing But I love the passion for it. All right, hour one of the Plank Show is always brought to you by Van Hoos Fence, vhfence.com. Call them today, 405-735-1167. Get your fencing needs taken care of. They're the premier fence company in Oklahoma. They offer free estimates and customer satisfaction. In their, uh, It's their top priority. Get your fence back in shape for the summertime. All right. So we're entering a time on the calendar where we start – speculation about conference futures and playoff expansion becomes a different world in college football, right? I, we, we got like two minutes left in this segment, and this is a two-minute clip from Mike Gundy, and I want to get your take. Because Mike Gundy was on with Gabe and Dusty yesterday on Big 12 Today on Sirius Radio, Sirius XM Radio. And his whole theory is, Mike Gundy, not just in playoff expansion, but we've got another whole realm of conference expansion. That's about to take place. Now, first of all, I don't know necessarily if that's the case. I kind of feel like the Big Ten and the SEC are pretty pumped with where they are. And I don't think the Big Ten necessarily thoroughly helped its portfolio with some of its most recent additions. Now, they helped the TV markets, but that's a different conversation. So here is 
Mike Gundy yesterday on why he feels we're getting set for another layer and level of conference realignment. So about a year ago, um, I started to hear some some things about realignment, uh, and and I didn't, I couldn't pinpoint, and obviously I was unaware of, of the Texas and Oklahoma um, realignment, but I was hearing the right people that should know or have information that were talking and, and discussions about subjects that were a little unusual to me if there wasn't going to be a realignment. So obviously that came true. Now I'm going to ch- stop it there. That didn't make a lot of sense to me. Did it? Did it to you? Yeah, I think it. Okay. I think it did. So, in other words, he was hearing a lot of discussions, but he didn't really know about the Oklahoma Texas moving. But the discussions were enough that it made him raise an eyebrow. Yes. Okay. And, and All he, right. He was hearing. He was hearing rumblings from people that he thought would be in the know. Okay. All right. All right discussions about subjects that were a little unusual to me if there wasn't going to be a realignment. So obviously that came true. And then just listening and reading between the lines with other people that should know, nobody has come to me and said this could happen or couldn't happen. I've just done this a long time. I've been this, I've been doing this 18 years as a head coach. And so I, I listen to people and I, I think that there's two things that could happen. I feel like in 24 or 25, whenever this, starts to to move again um our conference will try to get to 14 in my opinion i think that they've learned that there's security in numbers and then i think that there could potentially be a cutoff where um, football tries to branch off and take what would be maybe the top 30 teams uh, in the country in somebody's opinion and that somebody would be television because they're funding um, everybody's athletic department through television money so if you get to that point, you want to make that cut. You want to make that cut of the top 30. I personally th- don't think that's good for college football, but I don't make those decisions, and people don't listen to me when it comes to that. Somebody's going to do what they want to do based on television revenue. But then when the realignment starts in 24-25, if that takes place and we go to 14, we, we should be in a good situation. So I think there's a really good chance that either one of those could happen in 24 or 25. Let that simmer. Think about it during the break. He might not be wrong. I just, I can't, my mind can't wrap around the idea of just 30 teams, and that's quote-unquote Division One. But, I mean, I'm sure you could write it out for me on a dry erase board, and it would make a little sense. But I, just, I, my I mind, can write it out for you next okay, after okay. this break. Let, let's do it next. It's the Plank Show. I, I think that Gundy cut as we welcome you back into the Plank Show. Top five stories today coming up a little early in hour two. Eric Lopez in hour three. I think the Gundy quote is a very evergreen thing, right? So I know we only got a minute left here in the hour because we got a little ahead of the chains in talking about Coach Gasso's post-game avail, but apparently for like two of you, either A, not getting to it quick enough or, or B, trying to give some context to it. Anyway, I digress. You could see it easily happening like a top 30, right? Well, I can explain to you on the chalkboard here. Go ahead. I'm all ears. The top 30 teams. Big 10 ACC. SEC, excuse me. Not ACC. So, in other Scratch words, <laughs> right. There you take the 16 and one, 14 and the other, and boom, you got your There's your 30. Okay. And 
Welcome to the party, Florida State and Clemson. Okay. Pay Notre your Dame? exit fees to the ACC, and here we go. Notre Dame a part of that, or are they allowed still as kind of an outlier? Well, t- time for them to go ahead and join a conference. No, you're not allowed as an independent. Sick of you <laughs> out there doing your independent thing, Notre Dame. I, I was texting during the break with m- the Big 12 Today producer, Robbie Triano, and my point to him was this is really for, say, people in, people in college football is, is an evergreen cut, right? Okay. Well, then you got that top 30. Is it something that you're always in, or do you fight to stay in it? Is it who's added to the Big 12 if you're getting to 14? See, so you basically have your NCAA tournament every single season, yeah. save for Cincinnati got one crack at it last season, the way I look at it. I mean, the the group of five schools, they're not fighting for a national championship, typically. So... We've kind of already got that, but we'll see if TV money starts trending it toward this direction. It's hard to see that happening, but it could. All right, quick break. Um, We're caught up. We'll hit the top five stories of the day next, including a couple of walk-offs, more from Coach Gasso on a busy Wednesday on The Plank Show. Did you listen to any of the back and forth last night with Russell West? And and, and I'm I'm so all – over the debate shows talking about the Lakers, I actually have South Park on one of the TVs this morning. But did you see the back and forth with Russ and the reporter last night? No. I didn't think it was all that tense. It's just – it's in the top five stories today. We'll hit it in a bit. It's just – it's not that it – I've seen much more heated exchanges involving Russell Westbrook. But it's just they're, they're not in the playoffs right now. They're not even in the play. I mean, they haven't been in the playoffs for a while. They're not even playing the game. They're getting smoked. Yep, not even so, in the playing tournament. And which they means don't, they don't have a draft pick. I mean, it's embarrassing what's going on right no, now. No, it's been a disaster of a season for the Lakers. I never thought one of my favorite little trolls I would do about Russ eventually ending up with the Lakers would come to fruition, and it would be so terrible. Yeah, you would have liked like seven so years terrible. ago, Russ would have been pretty nice. All right, so we're uh, moving things around a little bit. Eric Lopez is going to join us, softball fans uh, in the circle podcast. Great dude, kind of give us some perspective on what we're seeing across the country, and maybe give us a little distance, a little atmosphere, uh, kind of a broader view, bird's eye view, bird's eye view. Thank you of college softball, and uh, so he's coming up at eleven with the top five here in a bit. Let's get True sooner in here. Uh, what's going on, True? How are you on this Wednesday? Doing good, man. Hey, uh, great! It was a great game last night, even though Gasso wasn't totally happy. I, and yeah, coach wasn't happy, but I thought it was a fun game. I could see, I could see where she would be upset. Right? We get to come in for the right. fun, oh, yeah. and they've got to grind. <laughs> yeah, you got to keep on them no matter what. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, uh, what's his? I can't think of his name now. The coach at Alabama. I'm sure he. Oh, gets Patrick on. Murphy. He's, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they get on. You know, uh, but. What I was going to say was, uh, you know, you can't let these people get to you. I mean, you know, you, you're not going to make 100% of people happy 100% of the time. And, you know, if, if, if they don't get enough softball talk, I mean, there's another station that, that I give them three hours of PGA and wrestling. Well, here's so, – and it's funny because I told Josh this during the break. I, I only bring it up because it's funny to me. Right. I have an ex-wife. Not everyone's going to like me. It's the reality of it. Um, I've yeah. had to accept that. But it's the people that really trigger me, 
and uh, or a get as I talked about yesterday, get to sports guy. And number two, someone who is like, I waited two minutes. Like, bro, you waited two minutes. You wait two minutes at a stop sign for something. Chill out. Right. Uh, you're going right. to get what you came for. And if not, and we forget about it, you'll get it tomorrow. Or, <laughs> or, or keep watch. waiting. We'll get it for you the or next time. Or how segment. about this? <laughs> the podcast, it's available. Not yeah, to, that is true. N- not that I'm trying to well, string people along. And you know, Oh, I am. Uh, and, and the podcast, by the way, is something that I'll go back to a lot. Right, if I miss because I don't get to listen to all three hours of Toby shows or, 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 or Tyler and I mean they've done a really good job of getting our podcasts up and loaded and you can listen to us anytime anywhere. So well, it's and a every, time, thing. every time you watch every time you watch an hour long show on TV, you're getting twelve minutes or fourteen minutes of, of commercials. You're never gonna right. get that time back either. But you watch it. Did you I have mean, it? Did you was anything last night where you jumped out and because you were there right at the softball right. game. Was there right. even if you were watching on TV? I guess you've really got to look at it with that trained eye, outside of what happened in the first inning, to say I'm worried about something with this team, right? Because it looked the the air at third, right? You had another right. base runner leave um, early, right? Right. That's and, happened a few times. And then you know. had the throwaway. That's the third time that's happened this year. It's- is Kinsey is she is she one hundred percent healthy? They're bring coach talked about this in the post game last night. They're bringing her along slowly. Jordy okay. can be a little bit tough to catch, um, and I don't mean that in a bad way towards Jordy, but they're right. bringing her along slow. You know she she caught what two three innings last night. I think had two at bats, right? And then they brought right. in. Um, I think they did. They bring in the freshman. Yeah, they brought in the freshman to kind of finish things up. Sophia Nugent. So yeah, I. I, still think, I, I still think it's think, a work in progress. I still, I still think the Ted Nugent lick uh, cat scratch fever should go uh, on whenever Sophia comes up. I think that's what you brought up to her. She's still awesome. very, very, uh, very, very <laughs> early in her career. So oh, I don't know I if know. we give Maybe her the Ted year. Nugent treatment yet. I don't even know if she would know who Ted well, Nugent is. She probably, oh, she don't know who Ted Nugent is. Her, her dad or grandpa probably does, you know, but, but she don't. <laughs> uh, but, hey, so I, I had I had kind of a deep question for you that I, I, I heard talking. I heard him on the news this morning, and the only reason I'm bringing this up to you is because you're the guy. Uh, you're the softball guy. So, and it, had, and it had, doesn't have to do with OU. It has to do with, with the World Series down the road. Now, they're, they're bringing up this thing, and you may not want to talk about it, and I understand if you don't, but they're bringing up the thing again, the elephant in the room, the right. transgender deal. So is that something that's going to possibly – Hurt Oklahoma City and keeping the World Series for the long term? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Mm. We we've seen we've seen at times like the NBA what in North Carolina several years ago they had the the bathroom law that ended up costing North Carolina an all star mm-hmm. game. We saw it in baseball Atlanta. last year, right? Yeah, With Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah, so game. I j- college is different than pros. But I don't I've never been a fan of using an event to try to bully a town or a city into the way that they should think politically. Um, mm-hmm. But then in the same vein, I'm also not against any event saying, "Hey, we have the right to pull it out of there." So I'm very torn on this, right? I, mm-hmm. I, I obviously have opinions that 
you know, I still am edu- I'm, I'm educating myself, I'm researching, I'm doing a lot of work to, to understand things because I do have strong feelings on it. But I don't think whenever you've looked at a city, this is not an indictment on the Oklahoma City ability to host this tournament, and it's not an right. indictment on the Oklahoma City. And I know that the sports commission doesn't exist anymore, but the people who are involved in putting this together, it's just I, I feel like you're blaming a lot of people that have nothing to do with how this event is pulled off and and trying to take something away from them. I think you got to be careful, I mean, too, in this regard. You've got a great thing here for college softball in yeah. Oklahoma City. And college softball has grown now, Chris, to where mm-hmm. probably this thing, you, you take it somewhere, and it might not initially have the same infrastructure that it has here with Hall of Fame Stadium, but – the show could go on the road, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. In that college softball has grown to that way that I think that it could go somewhere else and be very, very successful. But that's also not a guarantee. You've got a great right. thing going guarantee. in Oklahoma City. And is it worth risking that, you know, with, you know, if and when push comes to shove? I don't know. I, well, I, would, Oklahoma, lo- I would argue okay. against doing that. Geographically, Oklahoma. Geographically, Oklahoma is in the middle of the country, which helps. Sure. Um, I mean, what are you going to do? Move? You going to move it to Seattle? Are you going to move everything to Seattle? I mean, <laughs> no, God, no. Sorry, sorry um, about that. Uh, anyway, it, it, I appreciate your phone call. Thanks, right, sir. Man. And I'm glad you brought it up. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I'm worried about it. But Alabama, Arkansas, and Tennessee are all states that have laws. And I don't know if they're still in place or if they've been overturned or what the fight's like in those. I think Iowa just passed some right. form of um, legislation. So here is the states. This was as of last year's selection. Alabama, Arkansas, Mississippi, Tennessee, West Virginia. Um, the Arkansas, Mississippi, and West Virginia laws also covered college sports, banning transgender athletes from competing in interclastic sports. Um, and yet the NCAA still gave Alabama, Arkansas, and Tennessee regionals. Here's part of the problem. If you want to say we we as the NCAA stand against this, we are not going to put regionals in states where these laws are enacted, and we're not going to put our World Series in a state where this law stands. If you're going to have that, you're going to end up putting these events in some places that just can't handle them. I mean, that's the reality of how a lot of these softball facilities have been built. So, especially if you're so, you would be taking uh, away from Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, potentially Oklahoma, and then you're going to take the World Series out of Oklahoma. I just, I understand if you want to make a statement and you want to stand, but I just don't see it as being something that could have. This isn't baseball where you can magically move it to another city and you have a stadium waiting for you or the NBA. You know, it takes a pretty unique facility. And Oklahoma City has that. But I, do I worry about it? Sure. Sure. I, I, don't want the, I don't want the World Series out of Oklahoma City. I don't want Oklahoma not to be able to host things because of this. I also have strong beliefs about the bill itself. So I've always tried to kind of counter those in the way that I've digested all of this information. So, yeah, it's a concern. I don't think coaches are going to give you much on this. I know that – I think Coach Castle was asked about it during a presser a couple weeks ago. 
But I just I feel like I feel like this seems to come up about this time every single year. So, and with what's going on in the swimming world, it obviously has been ratcheted up quite sure. a bit. Yep. The Plank Show is not the place to come. Of all the you can come for my goofy stories. You can come for me using I a lot. Uh, you can come for Josh and his perspective on all things hockey. How about them Kings? But not really going to be a place where I take too many strong political stands. That's my wife. I'm I'm going to probably stand back and just go with the flow. Now, if they start affecting what we do and it does have issues, then you might see me get a little bit more active. But you don't come to the ref to hear me talk politics. Nope. Or a politi- when it creeps into the sports world, we'll have a take or two. But as of right now, I just, I just don't. All right, we got a break. Because I want to be able to give you a full top five stories of the day. I want to bring you more than just boom, 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 boom. Because we got a lot of non-OU topics to get to. Like yesterday, Roger Goodell talked with the media. Bro, I'm watching Roger Goodell's meeting with the media, Josh. Like it was a presidential State of the Union address. I'm not kidding. I'm sitting out like a little kid standing. Well, dad's always standing in front of the TV. Standing in front of the TV waiting for someone to ask him about Deshaun Watson. And when he did, I I got the answer. I was okay. That makes it, that educates me a bit. So we'll share that with you. Plus the overtime rule, softball walk-off, baseball walk-off, spring ball, NBA. It's all coming up in the top five stories of the day. Yeah, I. it's interesting because when you get into the conversation of, oh, no, if this law passes, what does that mean for the future of the Women's College World Series or NCAA events in Oklahoma? You know, again, everyone kind of has always looked at Florida, but I think that they actually have the same bill that's being talked about or something similar. But I don't know, and I'm very – I'm not. I'm very homeristic. I'm very selfish about this. Is there things that still need to be improved at Hall of Fame Stadium? You bet. Right? They they need to. Why don't they just hire hire me, Allison? Tell your boss to hire me. You need to work on the practice fields. No one's going to come there to. If you try to do a big tournament, no one wants to play on the alternate fields, and they're not set up for for practice. The batting cages look like something that I hid in in high school. There's still some work to be done in the – and it all costs money, right? And then it just doesn't magically grow on trees. But there's still some things that Oklahoma City needs to do. But with all that said, it's still infinitely better than anywhere else you could put this right now, maybe outside of Disney World. I'm not being facetious. Maybe outside of the sports complex in Orlando. But you're going to make a statement and go put this thing on a baseball field somewhere? No. I mean, it's just – it's not reality. And again, it's supported so well here. It's a central location for could, everybody. Could we use a few more restaurants maybe around the uh the stadium? You bet. But then in the same vein, that's, you know, once or twice a year whenever they'd be hopping. I'm I, I'm really gr- glad that Larry brought it up. Because I do at some point feel like we need to talk about the impact. As it stands right now, I feel like it's something for future Chris and Josh to get into. Hour two of The Plank Show is brought to you by Allison Insurance. As always, you can call Bob and Robert Allison for all of your insurance needs. I guess it would help if I wouldn't be reading Toby's liner. 
Uh, 405-745-2968 or allisoninsurance.com. All right, let's hit it. Big story number five. Number five. I mentioned it wasn't really a bad back and forth, but the Lakers lost again, so they're out of the playoffs. And here was Russell Westbrook afterwards. That Now you guys are actually the 11th seed, <clears throat> so you're out of the playing game. What changes going forward? Nothing, man. Nothing. Then why is that? Because it doesn't. It was a change. We still got games to play. Other teams still got games to play. We still got to play teams that's above us in the play-in. Don't really change much. Thank you, Russ. Not done. Not done. What do you think should change? Winning. So I want to make this real clear. He got up. He started to walk away. Lakers got smoked last night by the Dallas Mavericks. Smoked. And... He and the reporter are having a fairly cordial back and forth, but standing like a foot from each other when they're having this. Okay, that's obvious. What do you think should change? Winning. Winning games, playing hard. Mm-hmm. Ask, you asked a question, I gave you an answer. That's fine. You got to answer the winning? Hi. Do you have to answer the winning? I'm not out there playing. Maybe I think I'm... You give me the answer what you think you <laughs> Exactly. So, well, I don't have to answer. You know, I, exactly. If so, you don't have it, you out there, I so can't you have ask me, why You ask me to have an answer. You don't have it either. Well, but I don't play, Russell. If you, I want to get the information from you so that I can I'm give it to you. I'm one person, there. champ. Right. It's a team game. Right. So, I don't, I don't have an answer. Okay. You know, let me have it. I but, don't have it. It's all good. But I'm asking the pros who know the game, play the game, yeah, yeah. what you guys, what you think you can do to make it your point, yeah. their point, everybody's point. Sure. That's what I'm asking. No, I really don't. Okay. I respect that. Okay. You got that? You got that? No. You got it? No, respect. We can we, 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 It's good. <laughs> we can. You got that? All right. That didn't sound bad at all. I, I just think any time now. I mean, obviously, they're frustrated because they're losing. They should be. It's embarrassing. But. I think anytime there is a post-interview conversation, Josh, I think that's when everyone loses their mind. Meanwhile, on the court last night, we had a heck of a game and an amazing finish between the Bucks and the Sixers. I thought I had – oh, yeah, here you go. Final call or on the big block that actually ended up saving the Harden, game. Harden, top of the arc, steps back, three ball, off the side iron, Embiid with a rebound, blocked by Giannis. It's knocked down. A big-time block. Doc Rivers thought it was a goal 10. I thought it was a goal 10. I mean, it was a spectacular block. But um, I think they got the call right. I mean, they took an hour and 20 minutes to look at it. So um, you just got to assume they got it right. Got to assume. You know, matter of fact, going back to the Russell Westbrook thing. Go ahead. I think that's a pretty good example of a player clarifying with a reporter and a reporter clarifying with a player. I thought it was – I thought that was fair on both sides. Russell says, okay, well, why are you asking that question? And the reporter says, hey, I'm trying to hear from you on this subject. I, I thought it was handled well by both guys, especially the reporter. I- I'm trying not to get too TED talky today, but too late. I think that's also part of Twitter to where anymore, if you say one thing that's in disagreement, it's oh! How dare you? Blah, blah. And I think in life you can actually have a, well, I mean, what exactly do you mean by that? Like, what does that look like to you? And it doesn't have to be, F you, I hate you, you suck, I'm going to fight you, I'll meet you. What what do you do? What do y'all? And because Russ has been like that in the past, right? 
But I think sometimes it's just, hey, they're just grown men having a conversation. All right. Um, big story four. Number four. There's a lot of NFL. In fact, I've thought about tabling big story number four where you can get all of our audio because, boy, we had we had overtime rules that were changed. Rich McKay talked about the new look of overtime in the National Football League. We in the had a lot season. of uh, discussion. We had a lot of people that had different positions. And what we uh, put forth was an amendment to plan rule proposal number one to uh, not change the rule in the regular season and only change the rule in the postseason, which is where our problem principally uh, lied uh, as far as uh, having that first, uh, first possession touchdown. Yeah, there you go. And then meanwhile, big story number three. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The other part of Big Star number four was Roger Goodell and what he said about Deshaun Watson, where um, he's not going to be part of the exempt list, but there is a violation of the PC. Whenever they write PCP, I'm like, oh. I'm like, what are we talking about, drugs here? But Deshaun Watson's contract still will – apply from a disciplinary perspective. From my standpoint, in a violation of the personal conduct, that would not restrict our ability to, to apply discipline. We would have the ability to apply discipline as we feel appropriate. And um, the personal conduct is key? We've been very clear with every club uh, that whether the, the criminal matter it gets resolved or not, the personal conduct policy is something that's very important to us. Uh, and so the personal conduct policy does not need a criminal violation to be a violation of the personal conduct policy. So they recognize that that's something that we're going to pursue. Uh, we're going to make sure that we get to the bottom of the facts and make sure that how it applies to the personal conduct policy. That's, uh, that's where we are at this point. And when we get to that, a decision will be made on whether there should be any discipline. Uh, and if so, what is it? Yeah, there you go. PCP, personal conduct policy. Sorry, I didn't make that clear. I wonder how far along they are in that process and – I mean, don't you think that – I mean, they've had some time here to where if there was a violation of the personal conduct policy from the NFL's perspective, suspension should have already been doled out. What, are they just going to dole out a suspension now, this far later? I mean, I know this thing's still ongoing. I get that. I'm not saying that it's reached any sort of conclusion by any means, but these are not new suits – what is the NFL finding out that they haven't found out over the last year? Right. It's a great question. Are they still investigating? Are they still digging? Have you talked to Tony Busby? Who? I mean, who are you talking to? Have you hired? I mean, what's going on here? I didn't really get that answer, but I did get some answers to, hey, listen, he's still eligible. Obviously, the resolution of the criminal matter matters to us, but – that doesn't exempt him from anything, which to me was rather reassuring. I want this to fail so miserably. In Cleveland? So miserably, and I don't think it's going to. All right, big story then number t- three. Sorry. Number three. I'm out of myself. What a finish last night in round one of Bedlam Baseball. We take you to the ninth. Full count, bases loaded, bottom nine, tie game, Martin versus Orduño. The pitch. And he walked him. And you can unhitch the wagon. 
The Sooners have walked off the Cowboys in Tulsa. Final score on a Tuesday night. It's Oklahoma 7 and Oklahoma State 6. And it's been a while since the Sooners have been able to win a ball game here in this ballpark. They were 0-4, and then the Sooners come up big here and go 4-0, which, uh, you know, you got to get excited about if you're Oklahoma. And I think that's something that uh, you build off of. You won two out of three from Baylor in the Big 12. You come to Tulsa, and uh, you upset the apple cart here a little bit. I love that. They did. I mean, Oklahoma State came in cooking. I won't lie to you. I won't lie, Josh. When Mendham hit that home run in the eighth, got a little bit worried. Felt like I'd seen that before. But Robertson with a big single and then Arduino with the walk-off RBI. So what does this do RPI-wise? OU's 32 now. It's a 12-spot jump, baby. Um, Meanwhile, from my perspective, I look at it and – Think about what this I, – I guess quad ones are becoming a conversation we're having in diamond sports now too. I saw Eddie tweet this earlier. Um, OU baseball is tied for third with the most quad one wins this season. And they've got the three-game set with Texas coming up, the full three-game series in Stillwater with Oklahoma State, and then they have midweeks with ORU and Texas Tech. Six and five versus quad one for Oklahoma. Not bad. And where were they in the uh, in Warren Nolan? Thirty-two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Yeah, no, it was a twelve-spot jump from forty-four, so significant. I haven't looked at college softball RBI uh, RPI. There, so there's the rundown. Baseball wins last night. Let's hit big story number two. Number two. College softball walk-off win for the Sooners. Though I guess we could have our debate whether or not you consider a walk-off and run rule game a walk-off, but it is in my book. Um, Oklahoma has ascended to number one in the college softball RPI. This was prior to last night's game. They'd been around three the last couple of games. So not only are they 30-0 and on the season with 25 wins in run rule fashion, but they are number one with a bullet in RPI right now and the only remaining undefeated team in all of college softball. Now, they can – so, again, if you're new to the sport, welcome. I just give this quick little refresher. Uh, Got to be in that top eight so you can not only host a regional but also put yourself in position to host a super regional. Oklahoma went on the road in 15 and 17 for a super regional. They haven't been on the road since. So 16, 18, 19, 21. For the last five years, they've been at home for a super regional potential play. Um, as far as the schedule coming up, you know, you got UAB this weekend. They're – they're a 20-11 and 11 softball team. They currently sit in the 60s in their RPI. But the Big 12 does some favors for Oklahoma this year. Oklahoma State is 8th in the RPI right now. Texas is 11th, which would be huge gains for both Texas and Oklahoma State. But, you know, in years past, thanks to what Kenny Gajewski has done and what, how this Texas team has bounced back, Oklahoma State and Texas are up there in the RPI. So it's not this anchor that brings you down once you get into Big 12 play. No. Instead, that's a good opportunity, right, right. to go ahead and kind of lock down a regional host, which shouldn't be a problem for Oklahoma softball, but super regionals as well, which in years past has been a problem. Sometimes for Oklahoma, I don't see <laughs> I don't see any of those sort of obstacles this season. We'll talk to Eric Lopez coming up from 
in the Circle podcast, fastpitchnews.com, voice of, of UCF. Become a great friend of the show. Elo's coming up with his next hour. But, you know, I, I told him that when we get into tier, T-I-E-R conversations, I, I, don't, I don't know who's up there with Oklahoma right now. I mean, Alabama, I Nobody. State, I, I don't know. Everyone lost their mind about Florida State, but even though they've been really good this year, I just – I don't know. You don't, you don't lose to Boston College. But then again, in the same vein, someone might like, well, you don't play a close game with Baylor, who lost to Incarnate Word last night. Makes no sense. Meanwhile, Patty Gasso, we've talked about this a lot. Coach last night was happy with the win, but I don't think overall happy with the execution. It's not that. I actually – it was a little because we allowed the run to score when we didn't need to. So um, it was a little bit of that, but it was more of the first two innings, we left six runners in scoring position. And that's just lazy at bats sometimes. So, or unfocused, or let, let, me, let me understand what I need to do and let me work to get it done. And I just didn't feel that. I didn't feel that from our hitters at that time. So we had a little powwow and it started to slowly get a little bit better, but we just, we're too good of a team to give up free outs the way we're doing. We're giving up outs by leaving early. We're giving up outs by swinging at bad pitches. We're just, we're better. And that, I'm just, these guys are so good. I'm just a coach that I just don't want to see, I don't want to allow that to happen because we can get away with it, if that makes sense. We can get away with it and no one notices. But as a coach and I know what it looks like, I'm going to keep going. And I just, that's what I was doing in there. It's like, either have me tell the truth or I will sit back and, and they all want it and they need it. And I'm not afraid to say it. So, um, I want, I want you to hear the, the follow-up here, too. you guys have been so good, um, obviously, historically. So Defense, uh, offensively. Seeing a couple of errors. Is there frustration that comes with that? This is good. A little, yeah, a little bit. I mean, errors happen, and you just, uh, mistakes happen. If they happen over and over again, you know, you don't, you don't see this one make throwing errors. So, but you got to give her an opportunity to not have the ball in her glove in her hand properly. Um, I had a new third baseman. That's no excuse. Brito's too good to let a ball go through her legs. Um, you now I had some people a little bit out of position, but I mean those were the two errors that we're talking about. So, am I concerned about our defense? No, no, no. Um, do in every part of our game do we need to clean it up? Yes, yes, yes. There you go. Patty Gasso last night. 30 and 0. Now, if that doesn't fire you up as a fan to hear a team that's 30 and 0, has won 25 games by run rule, and won yesterday 10, 10 to 1. 1, and the coach is saying, We got some things we got to clean up. Dude, that fired me up. Now, I will say this. Uh, I know we've gone long here, and we haven't even hit. In fact, we haven't talked much about big story number one on the show at all today. But. I think this is a really good point. You're going to make errors, right? Grace Lyons made an error. What do you do? Got to go make up for it. Think about Grace Lyons last night. 
I, I don't even know. I think you can count the number of errors Grace Lyons has made in her career on one hand. I mean, a little bit facetious, but it's a rarity. And the ball gets hit to the shortstop a lot in softball. What did she do? She made an error on, on defense and um, hit three home runs. Hit three bombs. And then, you know, she also, I, I guess you can go back to the missed, the squeeze bunt that she bunted a little bit too hard. So she, I mean, I've I mentioned this with Grace because it's the person who had the big night, but she also made two critical errors, right? Made an error short, bunted the squeeze bunt a little bit too hard. What she did to make up for it? Three home runs, five runs batted in. Not bad. You know, that's, you got to be focused on not letting the mistakes overwhelm you and end up becoming a problem outside of the mistake that was made. So kudos to Grace Lyons. She overcame it last night. Thanks to uh, two, two quick shout-outs to two people, Patrick Dunn and Ryan Chapman, who got us that audio from last night. Thank you, Chapman. I appreciate you. Thank you, Patrick Dunn, for sending it our way. Or you wouldn't have had any audio that you would have to sit in your car and you had to wait for. <laughs> yeah, so take that. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it. Isn't that what they used to always say? Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Or, again, sportstalk1400.podomatic.com, where yeah. if maybe that two minutes we weren't quick enough, I'm sorry, still, you can no, listen later. The only the only person I matter at is the dude that's like, get like I said, stick to sports guys always in my head. But when stick to sports guy is after like one sentence – Hey, did you see the uh, Oscars last night? Oh! Stick to sports. Now that's whenever it's a little bit. I know, because you know those same. Are having conversations about it. Yeah, you know those same same clowns that text that would, if they had a radio show. I'll be all about it. Well, what did you guys think about the Oscars last night? Let's hit big story number one, shall we? Number one. Number one. Number one. So we have more availability for Oklahoma Sooner football coming up today. We do? Um, today is Wednesday, right? Yes. <laughs> I believe so. Hold on. Let me scroll. Am I giving the wrong day? No, I oh. I assume we have availability. I was just trying to get oh. you fired up. I'm always fired up. Kale Gundy and a handful of offensive players, including Dylan Gabriel, are meeting with the media this morning at 11.15 a.m. Will he guarantee a national championship? Did he do the last media availability? I don't think he did. Pretty sure this is the first one outside of a podcast. Is this the right? debut of one? Because I thought when the offense met with the media last week, he was going to be a part of it, and I don't remember seeing any of his clips anywhere. But we're going to hear from Kale Gundy. Got a little bit. Now, yesterday on the show, we got a lot of Brenton Venables, but we didn't get much from Miguel Chavis. So we'll dive into that next. As we count down to April 23rd in the spring game. Soon, and we got more from this Mike Gundy cut. That, that He thinks that... The future of college football is in Big 12 expansion in the top 30 teams and leaving everyone else behind. If Big 12 is going to expand again, do they become predatory? Do they knock on the door of an Arizona and Arizona State? Oh, yeah. They're going to try. I mean, is is the future Big 12 in a better spot than where the Pac-12 is? I don't know. But a quick break. Uh, we'll talk about it all next. Something, some of them want to use you. Some of them want to. Oh, 
Everybody was kung fu One of my friends is getting interviewed today for a job. Um, I'm going to try to be vague in this, where I know everyone that works there. So I'm trying to send, not necessarily a letter of recommendation, but just a... Hire this person? Yeah. <laughs> but then in the same vein, Josh, when I'm saying hire this person, I do know that this person can be somewhat of an acquired taste. If you work around the softball team, you know who I'm talking about. But you're like, okay... Yeah, that person's awesome, but you got to kind of get to know that person a little bit, and then they're really awesome. If you don't know that person, you might be like, Ugh. it's kind of like this show, Josh. Kind of like this show. If you just happen to stumble upon us, it's like, oh, okay. I'm an acquired taste. I, I, big time. B- both, I mean, you have to realize that 75 to 80% of the time, I mean, we're not taking ourselves that seriously at all. There is sarcasm. There is a lot of sarcasm on this show. And I think sometimes people don't get that. Sarcasm doesn't come across very well on Twitter, if at all. But for some reason, it's almost as if you have to disclaimer it now. And man, when people don't get it, boy, they just fall hard. I feel bad for them, actually. Oh, did you lay that? Yeah, it's part of the conversation, dude. Get, get, come on. And like I always tell people, if you don't like, give us two weeks. Give us two weeks. Make that shift. Give. The Plank Show with Josh Helmer from 9 to noon, two weeks. And if you don't like it after two weeks, hey, give we- it two more weeks. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> give it two more years. But I'm just, I'm sitting here, I'm like, how do I wear this? I know she comes, he, he, per, he they might come across a little bit, um, I don't care what you have to say, but they're really awesome, and you're going to enjoy them in time. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm wording this. Uh, I got a little bit more BV. Uh, we we just we really went long in the top five stories of the day. But let me pay off a little bit of number one with more of Brent Venables from the other day as we get set to meet some offensive players today. And I'll have Miguel Chavis as well. But here's a little Brent Venables for you. I don't think we got to this yesterday. Well, I mean, <clears throat> obviously I have you know great experience over there and trying to foundationally help set some standards and – um, being an additional set of eyes and ears and about being, touching the defense. Uh, blocking dummy and I'll do whatever, you know, that's my expectation. Everybody's the same way to, to make things efficient. Everybody's got 20 hours a week right now, and we've got to make the most use of those 20 hours. And that's really my involvement reasoning is, is because uh, I know what extra hats can do, extra bodies, extra voice, and um, – try to get guys to shortcuts as quickly as possible from a development standpoint and learning standpoint. And, um, yeah, that's, I love to do that. I love getting dirty and getting uh, dirt under my fingernails. That's a, that's a good thing. It's a fun thing. Um, 
uh, early on, you know, Coach Snyder was over on the offense a lot. <laughs> uh, uh, but, you know, also did a great job of managing all of it, you know, whether you're managing uh, trainers and equipment people. And so you're trying to make sure from a structural and organizational standpoint, um, there's always little things to correct and make it better. And so you got to be very mindful uh, and aware of, of those things, uh, really, first and foremost. And then... Um, and then secondly, coaching, making sure that you're coaching the, the efficiency of, of the drills and uh, of the coaches themselves and what we're doing. A lot of times they don't realize things, and so you're just constantly putting notes and things of that nature. But I would imagine it'd be like probably, you know, a normal 65, 35 uh, at any particular practice. Um, you know, I don't take any of it for granted and, um, you know, give your help when you need to. But... Um, that's that's what I know um, intimately well, and spend you try to spend you know quality time with the offensive guys off the field, uh, meeting rooms and things of that nature too. The balance, man. I think that's a great question for what Brent Venables is dealing with, right? What's that balance look like for him? Because now not only do you have one of the greatest defensive minds in the sport, uh, but he's got that vision over everything. Balance. All right. When we come back, what did Mikel Javis have to say? We haven't played. We played a lot of him on Friday's show from hour one-on-one sit-down with him, but I got even more. Plus, what does the future of college football look like? Mike Gundy had some ideas. We brought him up earlier. We'll get to him more. Eric Lopez coming up after the top of the hour on the Home of Sooner Fans. Don't you cry no more. Maybe the worst idea in the history of this show was actually putting South Park on the alternate TV. <laughs> that would be very distracting for me as well. Come on, Dad. Jump over the top of him. You can do it. <laughs> oh, no. Butters. Poor Butters. Um, welcome back into the Plank Show on the ref. Well, okay, so we got a little carried away this hour. Eric Lopez is coming up right after the top of the hour. I've got, I've got two minutes <laughs> Left till the top here. I mean, I, I won't have time to fit in a ton, but I did. I did want to add that in all of the conversations that we've had about football and all the conversations that we've had about Brent Venables and his decision that for now, right, that he's not going to call the defense. Ted Roofs is defensive coordinator, and while I'm sure he's in that room a lot in the backers' room, and he's going to let his assistant coaches coach. I dig it. I do. Um, and I know that that was really a point of consternation with a lot of fans in the previous regime. But I kind of dig Brent Venables sharing the overall responsibility, right, of I'm the coach of this team. I'm not just the defensive coach. I'm the head coach. And I feel like I'm a, like a broken record when I say this, and the last cut got me thinking about it. But it's almost, Josh, as if he's – everything we've seen so far has been planning for this moment when he has a program that's his for years and years and years. This isn't an, oh, great, I got a job. Let me see, who do I want to have come in as my director of ops or who do I want – no, he's had people in those roles in mind for years and how he wants it to look. No doubt. 
no doubt he's had a plan about who I might hire for this position or that position, and he's got a plan for what being the head coach looks like to him, which I love, right? And so, you know, one of the common complaints was maybe Lincoln Riley was a little too involved in the offense and not enough involved in being a head coach. Brent Venable seems to have a very, say it with me, holistic Holistic, view. holistic view. All right, um, quick break. We're going to talk some softball abroad view next with Eric Lopez on The Plank Show. Now she's with one of my All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Show's always on on Twitter, at Plank Show, at Josh on Ref. And, of course, everybody should be following us at any of our great Twitter feeds for our affiliates, like at Sports Talk 1400 at 947 The Ref or at Buzz Tulsa. Right now, uh, we're really pumped to hit up the law offices of Rod Polston, Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line. And say hello to one of the brightest minds in the sport of college softball. He is Eric Lopez, the In the Circle podcast. What's going on, Elo? How are you, man? Wow, what an introduction! You, uh, gotcha. I don't even introduce you that well, uh, nah. man. I got to step up my game next time I get you on the podcast. Thank you for having me on. No, dude, I think you're the best. Uh, you can follow Eric on Twitter at Eric Lopez E L O. Get it, Eric Lopez Elo. Uh, and listen, I want to start. You always are kind enough when you have me on your podcast. You ask me about the Sooners. We talk about Oklahoma Sooner softball. But this year, we're we're, we're looking to see who the contenders are. And I think that you get an opportunity to call games for a team that might have something to say about. Uh, I don't know, maybe being this year's James Madison, maybe being in a team that pops up out of nowhere. This UCF team in the American looks pretty good. Yeah, they've been tremendous. Cindy Ball Malone, the head coach at UCF, has done an incredible job since coming over here to UCF. They have a dynamic offense, good pitching. They're currently on an 18-game win streak. They're number 12 in the RPI, which is significant. Puts you in that range to be in the mix to host. They play Florida tonight in Gainesville, top 20 matchup. In Gainesville, that's a huge game. They played earlier this year where they was the highest scoring game that both schools ever played against each other. 12 to 11, Florida edged out UCF in Orlando. And then UCF's going to host Virginia Tech this uh, Sunday, Monday. Oh, wow. The third and the fourth longest win streaks in the country. UCF at 18 games, Virginia Tech at 14. I think the Hokies are a World Series contender. That's uh, To me, that's the marquee series of the weekend. They're going to be on a Sunday, Monday. And I'm the silly one that gets to call it with Francesca nice. and on ESPN+. Plus. So, uh, you know, Jada Cody's a name to keep in mind. She leads the nation in RBIs. She's taken her game to a different level. Great defensive player and offensive player. Shannon Doherty's another offensive player that they have. That They are dynamic. Gianna Mancha is a great pitcher, beat Arizona last year, has won some big games, has been to the tournament. I think UCF, Chris, could be the JMU of this year, the team that either that makes a run in postseason and people are like, I don't want to see that team in my bracket. I agree. I agree. I started. Wait, speaking of that, when does Eric Lopez start his bracketology? 
Funny you should ask. That will be out on Thursday. Okay. At Extra Innings Softball. That's where I will post my articles. Uh, the good folks there, Justin McLeod, is uh, uh, one of the higher-ups there now at Extra Innings Softball. So I will have my first bracketology out there. I'm going to give you a spoiler here, Chris. Okay. Oklahoma's the number one overall national seed. I know I'm going on a limb there. <laughs> so, okay, can, can we peel back a little bit here and, and dive into it? Because I don't. I know that you and I have had conversations about the selection process and how seeding has been botched at times. But does regionality still matter a lot when it comes to how softball is pairing things up? I know last year was unique with COVID, but is it? do you see it being as big of a, of a I guess, selling point as it has, it has been in years past? Unfortunately, it is still a part of it because – and I spoke – I spent this offseason actually talking to certain members of the committee over the, over the years that have taken part in the committee of softball just to get a better understanding what, what happens in the room, what goes on there. And, you know, part of it is they admit the reason why sometimes the seatings look a little out of whack is because of the 400-mile radius, bus radius. So, for example, like you saw this up close last year with Wichita State. That was a top 25 team. I saw them up close. Patty Gasso has told you and has told me and has told everybody, that team had no business coming to Norman yeah. as a two seed, except they could bust there. And so what happens is the committee has this computer formula. They, they, you know, they, seed, you know, they spit it out, they seed the teams, and then they spit it out, and the computer knows that there's X amount of teams they need to bust. They have to reach a certain number. There's no, I don't, they, they didn't tell me what the number was, but they know there has to be a certain amount of teams that can bust. They can't just fly everybody. You can't have a true, quote unquote, seeding of the tournament. And so what, what happens is you're going to run into teams that will be busting that probably shouldn't be playing each other. And, you know, I bring up UCF, but in Florida, these are two teams that might be ended up two of the 16 best teams in the country, and yet it wouldn't shock me if one of them has to travel to the other place because, again, it fits the 400-mile radius situation. So unfortunately, I don't think, you know, I don't see that changing from a national tournament. And honestly, Chris, if you look at the other sports, the other sports are actually starting to copy softball. You look at men, you know, women's basketball, for example, now they're starting to put teams into little regions as well where UConn's playing in Bridgeport. Uh, you got the men's side where the, they kind of have their pod system. So I feel like actually it's going the other way, unfortunately. So one more as you get ready to put together your bracket. Are we getting better? Is, is Are we getting people on the committee that care about softball, follow it? It's not just a little uh, bullet point on their resume for a selection committee that they were a part of to hopefully end up on a – the, the college football playoff committee or, or the NCAA tournament committee? I mean, are we are we getting people that are really invested in you? I mean, last year, man, you actually had the selection committee chair on your yeah. pod a couple times. Are we getting better? I do think we're getting better. Are we there where we need to be? No, we're not. Uh, and part of it is, for example, they still use the RPI formula. I think that's a flawed system. You look at basketball, they got rid of the RPI system. They're using a net ranking. And I'm not saying the net's the end-all, be-all. I've always believed you need different metrics. And I think sometimes they depend too much on the RPI, and I don't think they really understand what they're reading in the RPI. But, look, as much as we can knock the committee, the pollsters are just as big of a problem. If you look at the coaches' polls this week, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing, Chris. Nobody's, nobody follows the sport when, in the voters. Arizona, and, I, and I'm friends with the entire staff there. I think they're going to be great. 
but they have been struggling. They've 0-6 in the Pac-12. They have scored, I believe, two runs in those six games. They've been run-ruled. They've been no-hit. They've been perfect game. They're still ranked. They're still ranked in the top 25. Missouri's 0-6 in the SEC. They're still ranked. That's part of the problem that we have, Chris, is the voters don't even take this seriously. They don't do the prep work. So we can't knock the committee when the pollsters set the tone and give benefit of the doubt to programs because of the brand. I I think that's, to me, my bigger concern. I've been appalled by some of the rankings that I've seen. Uh, Like, how how is Oklahoma not the unanimous choice right now? People are actually voting for UCLA. No disrespect to UCLA. I think they are the second-best team. But they shouldn't be getting a vote over Oklahoma right now. Why? Because Oklahoma nearly lost a game? I, I think that's, to me right now, my bigger concern are the polls. Um, I it's So many things, so many things that I that I need to get to, and I know we have a short amount of time. But two, two here on that. Number one, you know, obviously with the, the bill that's in the House, I had a call about this earlier, Eric, uh, the, the transgender bill that's in the House right now, um, and I think the governor is trying to sign off on it. If the NCAA stands and says, hey, we're going to move the Women's College World Series. Well, for, are you hearing any buzz about that? Is this as hot button of, his, of a topic still? And are there places that you look at and say that could end up being the host if maybe the NCAA takes a stand here and pulls the World Series out of Oklahoma City? I haven't heard too much talk about it. I know Coach Gasso has been at was asked about it last she was. week. Yep. And uh she kinda said, look, and she's kinda like me. It's like, you know, there's not Same. a ton of information, right. you know, et cetera. I I would find it hard to believe that they can move that from Oklahoma City, considering how successful, considering the renovations that have been done there, uh the the support. I haven't heard a ton of buzz about it yet. I don't know if that's gonna pick up or not. It remains to be seen. Uh, you asked me where could they, and that's the other part. It's not as easy to move an event that quickly on short notice. You know, if they did decide to move it, I'm sure Columbus, Georgia could be in play because they've hosted way back in the day, and that's where the Olympics took place in 96. Uh, maybe Hoover. I've heard some people have pushed for Hoover, mostly people in the SEC have pushed for Hoover, Alabama. Could they do Palm Springs there on short notice? Well, maybe, but I, I would be stunned. I would be stunned if they moved it, at least this year. I just... Right now, we're getting to April here. We're getting into like postseason time here, about a month away. I think that's. I would be surprised. I haven't heard much, too much talk about it to this point. So, uh, Eric Lopez is our guest at Eric Lo- uh, Lopez Elo on Twitter. Also, check out his podcast, the In the Circle Podcast. I was on with him this week, but it's great information just to learn yourself up on this incredible sport. Now, you'd ask me a team that kind of caught my eye this year. I brought up Tennessee as someone who is. I think going to be a problem. I know they they beat Florida in their series two out of three. Um, they've got some they've got some talent. Who's a couple of teams that maybe you've seen or you follow this year that you think might have something to say come May? Well, I think Tennessee. I love Tennessee, especially by the way Ashley Rogers being back helps there with her and Aaron Edmondson. Virginia Tech. Well, I'm going to see this weekend. I just spoke to Pete Demore uh, for a conference call to get ready for the broadcast. You know, they got Keely Richard. Everybody knows about Keely Richard. What they don't know is they got this freshman, Emma Lanley, who is the next great star pitcher there. And they have a balanced offense that's hitting 328. I picked Virginia Tech before the year to get to Oklahoma City. They've kind of been taking these next these steps under Coach DeMore. I think they're a legitimate threat. I think they're going to win the ACC. I think you're going to see them in Oklahoma City. Uh, and, and I don't know if that's a surprise, but it might be to some because I think when you think of the ACC, you think of Florida State first, and rightfully so. 
So I, I would throw Virginia Tech's name in there. And I think Arkansas. If Arkansas can figure out their pitching, their pitching's been a little inconsistent this year. But Courtney Dyfel has done an incredible job there building up that program. They've been knocking on the door couple of super regionals, if they if Mary half and they get some better pitching behind her with that offense, I think they're another team that could be a threat. I think they could win the SEC. I think they're the big threat to Alabama in the SEC race. So uh, I, I, those are a couple alongside Tennessee that I think could be teams that maybe people don't talk about a lot. Everybody will talk about FSUs and the Alabamas and the UCLAs. It's a challenge, but I think those teams are teams to watch. A um, couple more, and I'll let you get out of here. Uh, keep an eye. It looks like the Pac-12 has put together a, a, a couple of nice squads this year. I mentioned to you how I wasn't overly impressed with Cal when I saw them, but they went and they they beat Oregon this season. I mean, I, Pac-12, even with Arizona struggling a bit, they I don't want to say resurgence because UCLA is always good, and Arizona had been in the World Series in the past, but I kind of sense like they they're a little deeper maybe than we've seen. Well, with different teams, that's what's so unique about there you the go. Pac-12. Arizona State, for example, and Oregon, they are probably the second and third best teams right now in the Pac-12. Now, Oregon lost Brooke Giannis for the year. That's a mm. big loss for them. They're ace. But you know Missy Lombardi as well as anybody. She'll figure it out. Yeah. She'll figure it out with that pitching staff, and they have a pretty good offense with Sam Martyr, who was on the Oklahoma staff last year. Uh, I think they're the second best team there. Arizona State, they've got a great offense. They're off to a 6-0 and start. I think that's the uniqueness of the Pac-12 is those two teams have stepped up while Arizona is struggling and Washington's off to a slow start at 1-5 and five in the league. The Pac-12 is very different. It's going to be interesting if Washington can dig out of that hole. Otherwise, you might see some fresh faces in the Pac-12 in the mix in the postseason. As you watch from afar, what stands out to Oklahoma or with Oklahoma to you, Eric? Yeah. I mean, look at – Last night's Wichita State game, Grace Lyons steps up and three homers. It can come from anybody, anywhere, at any time. Uh, and the fact that this pitching staff is as good as any in the country. This is Jen, and this is a Jen Rocha vintage pitching staff. I've seen Jen Rocha up close for many years here in the state of Florida when she was the Florida pitching coach. What I'm seeing from the Oklahoma staff right now is Jen Rocha fingerprints. Let's give her credit, Chris. I know people she focus on Gordy Ball and, and Trout Wine, and rightfully so. But they're not as successful without Jen Rocha. I think that's where you're starting to see, and that's what makes this Oklahoma team scary is you know what you're going to get offensively, which is an explosive offense. But as they showed on Sunday, they can win a low-scoring game. I didn't know. I didn't think they could do that last year. They can this year. They can win a one nothing game if they can. Uh, because of that pitching staff, staff with Jordy Ball and Trout Wine and company, led by pitching coach Jen Rocha. That's what stands out to me. I know everybody focuses on the offense, but to me it's the pitching. All right, buddy. Hey, tell people where they can find your stuff, because it's beyond just the Twitter feed. You're all over the place. I really am. I have a lot of hats. Eric Lopez, Elo, as you mentioned on Twitter, is the easiest place to find me there. Uh, In the Circle podcast, you can listen to it on your favorite podcast devices. We're on YouTube. Subscribe there on In the Circle uh, fastpitchnews.com is where also the, where we post our sites, uh, episodes like Chris Plank's appearance on Monday. Scale. Always a big one there, my friend. Always a pleasure to have you on the show, and thank you uh, for having me on. Yeah, we got to do this more often, man. Fans want to hear man. more information. We always appreciate your insight, Eric. Have a good week, buddy. You too, buddy. Thank See you. Eric Lopez. I like that guy. Depth. Depth. And Jen Roach, in fact, I was getting yelled at on the Air Comfort Solutions text line for not having Jen Rocha on. She had said potentially tomorrow, maybe right off the top of the show, tomorrow with Jen Rocha. So we shall see. How about that? Giddy up.
it, you know, his – this might be a me problem. I'm just going to make this very clear. There's some teams that are having really good runs this year that I'm not used to seeing in the top 25, Northwestern. And Michelle Gascoigne, their pitching coach, has and, – and I guess maybe I should use the RPI a little bit of a better predictor here. But Northwestern is ninth in the RPI right now. They're 22-4 and four on the season. Um, Virginia Tech is a top three team in the RPI right now. And I know they kind of rose to prominence last year when they went to the Super Regionals and beat UCLA in the first game only to lose the next two. They were on the cusp of a World Series berth, but not typically a top five, top ten team. And everyone else in the ACC outside of Florida State, right, Clemson started to come on, Duke started to come on, uh, and Duke's very much in the infancy of its program. So that's got to be exciting for that athletic department. And then out west in the Pac-12, Arizona State's record might not be the most awe-inspiring, but it's still a top 15 team in the RPI. And with Washington struggling, a team like Oregon State is on the come. Cal is a little bit better than maybe I had anticipated. Arizona's not there. Stanford's playing well. So I might be falling into that trap that I make fun of people in college football where just because, say, a a Baylor or an Iowa State was battling for the top of the Big 12 doesn't mean that the Big 12 is down. It just means that, hey, you're seeing different teams step up. Or in the SEC, if it was the year Mississippi State and Mississippi were the top two, doesn't mean the SEC is down. It's just, hey, these teams have built something where they've got a pretty good roster this year. And I may be falling into that trap a bit with the Pac-12. By the way, uh, UCLA is still really good. <laughs> Let's go ahead and put that out there. Washington's not good, so it's kind of hard. Like, what's going on there? Change of scenery in that respect. And when you do have some familiar powers that maybe aren't what they've been, that could be a, a natural reaction. It's, sure. it's good to see fresh faces, though, in a sport. It's still amazing to me to think that Oklahoma basically shut out Wichita State last night, a team that came in, and thanks to my man Mark Worley for tweeting this out earlier. Uh, Wichita State came in as the eighth-best team batting average-wise in the country. They were number two in the country at home runs per game, number seven in the country with on-base percentage. They had the third-best scoring offense in the country, and Oklahoma held them to a run, an unearned run. To dovetail off what Eric Lopez said, if that doesn't fire you up about this pitching staff going forward, I don't know what will. All right, um, 11-21. Eric Church is trending. Now, you know me. I'm not a big country music guy. My daughter's all into it. But the reason why is fantastic, and we'll explain next. Got that I wish you saw. Side Mr. Know-It-All. I'll close your eyes and I'll kiss you cause with the So, welcome back it's into the, the Plank Show. Gosh, underrated good video. Um, with Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. You can follow us on Twitter at Josh on Ref. I'm at Plank Show, and everybody should be getting in on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. A lot of good stuff. 651 Hit it next segment. 
Sound good to you? I would love that. Yeah, we could play some hot potato on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. But let me do something crazy here and actually pay off a story that we teased. Whoa. Can I, I tell you something real quick? Go ahead. This hour of the Plank Show, it's brought to us by Rooftech of Oklahoma. Give Josh Tucker and the crew a call over there, 405-703-4245 for all of your roofing needs. So, I'm not really big in country music. Ah, Eric Church. My daughter is, like, all in right now, my 13-year-old. She thinks she's a country girl. (laughs) Um, She doesn't understand her dad wears flip-flops everywhere. It doesn't necessarily mesh. It's the Goldsby thing, isn't it? It, it, I guess so. She moves to Goldsby, (laughs) and all of a sudden she thinks that she's she's a farmer, and she rides horses, and yeah. It's okay. I've got a couple of friends like that. I, I don't know much about Eric Church. Now, is he the one that's on American Idol now? Gosh, no? I couldn't tell Maybe. you. So, I bring, obviously, there's a sports tint to this, and I want to get your take on it. Not being an Eric Church fan, I don't know how big of a deal his concert is. I think he – was that the concert that TJ went to in Tulsa not too long ago? Yeah, he's a huge okay. – TJ is. Okay. Big, big, big Eric Church fan, and I like Eric Church. That's probably well. where I know him from. But Eric Church has canceled – a concert this weekend so he can watch North Carolina play Duke in the Final Four. Nice. Now get this. Church announced the cancellation in a message to his supporters Tuesday explaining he wants to watch the Tar Heels game on Saturday night so badly that he won't be able to perform at the AT&T Center in San Antonio. Church called the move in a statement The most selfish thing he's ever asked of his fans. But he implored them to understand because the game just means that much to him. I've watched Caroline and Duke battle over the years, but to have them match up in the Final Four for the first time in the history of the NCAA tournament is any sports enthusiast's dreams. Now, as you might imagine... To some fans, this isn't necessarily resonating all that well. No, yeah, <laughs> they got to be ticked. Um, my husband didn't have to work, and we finally get to see a show together. Um, we bought tickets a month ago, planned a whole trip. I, I fully support this decision. Um, as someone who does have to really negotiate a lot to get to go to certain events. But I respect it. Number one, I respect the honesty. I mean, he could have lied and said, hey, y'all, I'm not feeling well. I don't know what's going on. I'm going to have to cancel this this concert on Saturday night. That probably would have been the correct play. I've been battling this bug, um, and my voice is a little bit – my voice is a little bit challenging right now, but – It is pretty cool that he was honest. But he's honest, right? Isn't that the best way to go about it? I'm sure there's fans that are mad, but it's not as if he's not going to do the concert. But it's just, y'all, this – it kind of shows you, too, how it's a fake world that we live in in a lot of ways because people are mad. It's like, all I ever want is honesty. Oh, I'm – oh, okay, Luke Bryan, thank you. Thank you, Dodger Blaine. Who did I say? Eric Church? Yes. I, I'm getting corrected now on the text line as well, too. Eric Church, which 
Is that Eric Church? Springsteen. <laughs> uh, I, I, this texter wants me to identify him. It's fine. He's like, not surprising. Eric Church will wears sunglasses all the time and wears them on stage. He's annoying. There you go. Some drink in my hand. That's some fighting words for TJ Perry out there. Yeah, oh, yeah. Don't don't talk mess on Eric Church. He's ready to throw down if you question Eric Church. But the game is, I mean, it's being talked about quite a bit, right? And he's from North Carolina. He's Eric di- Church is. I, did I not mention that? He's a diehard North Carolina fan. Diehard. So I kind of think it's cool. I, I think it's cool. It's great advertising for the Final Four. Oh, my gosh. If if you're the NCAA, let's go. Let's go. But Eric Church, there you go. Um, deciding to choose the, the Hawaii, the, the NCAA Final Four over the idea of doing a concert in San Antonio. I do understand how mad people would get. I completely understand it, but I think as a sports fan, part of me to be like, yeah, let's go. My man's picking a big-time sporting event over this stupid concert where I was going to buy $18 beers and pay way too much money for water. Now we can just do it a couple weeks. You know how happy you're going to be is whenever like you'd look forward to it for this weekend, and it gets so you have something else to look forward to. I right? can safely say, though, now, I wouldn't be going to a concert during the Final Four or during the Super Bowl or a big playoff game for you know, a team that I love. But hypothetically, just to play the hypotheticals game, if I was, dude, do you know how pissed I'd be if I had, say, oh, Green sure. Day tickets or Blink-182 tickets? You know, insert any of my favorite bands. Weezer in Rivers uh, Cuomo gets up there and says, "Yeah, sorry, I got to watch the Bengals game." Like, <laughs> first of all, because how they dare be- you, Rivers? What? This is all I have in my life. Your Bengals beat my Chiefs. Your Bengals beat my Raiders. What am I gonna do? Now you got to twist the knife in. <laughs> so I do sympathize <laughs> with the fans that like they don't care about sports at all, or. You know, it's just not their team, and you're, you're trying to make these arrangements, and now all of a sudden, rescheduled. Dude, this is interesting. Oh, the comments are the place to be right now. Yeah, is it mostly negative? Um, well, I like this one. People should take this opportunity to explore good music. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that is nice. That's pretty good. The people upset are the same ones who would kill to have an extra vacation day from work. Yeah, well. Um, and then, of course, every single take is countered with, well, they can't afford it, and they're not getting the experience they wanted. I, I Listen, everyone is taught their whole life. <laughs> <laughs> we see you on the text line. He's a diehard liberal douche, too. Okay, thank you. But I would I would say, from my perspective, is we sit – and I know we got a break. We got to get the news, and we got Miguel Chavis audio to get to. I hope that dude isn't sitting in his car waiting for Miguel you know, Chavis audio. He'd been waiting for like thirty minutes. Just real quick on the, oh, the yeah, text there. It would have to be pretty substantial for me, a political standpoint of someone, right. for it to impact 
whether or not I want to see an entertainer. I'm not saying that that ahead. possibility doesn't exist, but I, I don't know. Like, I know a lot of people are wired that way to where it's if they have a different political view than me, then I don't want to give them my money. I guess I'm not really wired like that when it comes to entertainers. I sort of separate I can see that, movie yeah. star, you know, musician. I just want to see the good show, right? right? So it's like, I'm not here for your political takes. I don't really care. Now, if they stand on the stage and they start giving you some of it. Oh, right. I'm out on that. I'm out, right? Like, I just want to be here to tell you how important I feel it is for, I don't know, January 6th to be basically punished to the fullest extent of the law. <laughs> I just want to be very clear and tell you how. I feel that these rights. I'm like, ah. I just want to be very sing, clear. And sing. Sing. Go. Sing. I just want right, to be very dance. clear and tell you that Duke sucks. And also, we've had the game on in the background of the concert, the whole show. And that's why I stunk tonight. The last thing anyone wants, though, is honesty. Nobody wants honesty. You're taught your whole life. Be honest. Right? Nobody wants. Because inevitably, in the end, when you're honest, you end up getting in more trouble than when you're not. And I've I'm, I'm worked my whole life to be a more truthful person. Honesty, man. Try to ingrain it in my kiddos. But, Eric Church, maybe this is one of those moments where you don't say the, the secret part out loud. I got a vocal fry thing going on. I can't, can't do a show in San Antonio. He's definitely earned himself a spot for, like, courtside seats at North Carolina. Though. Oh, Absolutely. He has really, really come on strong in that regard. All right, quick break. 11.35. There you go. You choose which, shy, uh, which side you're on. When we come back, right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. A little news, a little Miguel Chavis on his position. What? Air Comfort Solutions text line? Perhaps a phone call. We got a lot to get to in the next 30 minutes. 405 329 Or text us up. Air Comfort Solutions. Text line 651-3439. This is the home of Sooner fans. I can leave my head. All right. So that last text that we just got... Pull up the uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Can do. This is not Eric Church bringing us back to break. No, it is not. From the 747. I don't know who this is, but I think we just became best friends. I, full disclosure, bring down the fourth. Can I talk about I for a second here, Josh? (laughs) Yeah, I learned. I learned so much. (laughs) Good point. I learned so much from listening to older radio shows and. Uh, there are three in particular that I'll listen to maybe older ups, kind of see how they did things. You you and I both love Howard Stern. Howard We're Stern, huge fans. Right? Big fan. Uh, but pre-Stern, I was a big Opie and Anthony fan. Huge. Of O&A. And Jim Norton. And now, to that texture from the 747, like if you Google up Nopi, there's a lot of really good shows where Greg is not in. It's really funny. Now, Anthony Cumia, <laughs> Took a little right turn, hard right, and never looked back. But the Patrice O'Neill skit making fun of Lady Gaga, Lady Gaga, and her political talk, statements t- at concerts. <laughs> He's like, it's so dumb. The music is like, I just want to say, 
I'm at peace. I want peace for those overseas in, in Istanbul. And this is for them. La, 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 la. It's like you're so, it doesn't even make any sense whatsoever. So that's uh Yeah, that's it's, well you're done. not familiar with what's going on in Istanbul. But, hey, I will not support any Lady Gaga slander, though. Uh, hit that 580 real quick. Uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. Uh, I don't swallow the total regional uh, region matters deal for softball. If so, Oregon would not have been sent cross country last year. Agreed. Still something that hasn't made a lot of sense to me. And if I'm not mistaken, I think I think what? They were just on the cusp, right? They were like a nine or ten seed, maybe. So they were right on the cusp of potentially hosting was Oregon as well. So yeah, that's that's a really good point. It is it is I hosting a regional so that would be what 16 or 17 excuse me i'm thinking supers and eric was obviously great to start this hour and you know outside of yourself and you know others there's not many that follow college softball (laughs) y'all aren't waiting for bracketology to drop is what you're trying to say (laughs) well what i was going to say is you know he follows college softball nationally as well or better than anybody and you know something that you and i have discussed a lot is he's right it does need to get better. I mean, the people that are involved in doing the rankings, that are involved in putting the bracket out, uh, are involved in determining who's hosting and why, as as great as softball has gotten, it still has ways to go. So, okay, the Oregon example, there you go. I mean, th- there's one right there. It's It's going, it's going to be – as more eyes shift to this sport, it's going to be something that continues to be hopefully improved and adjusted. But we're still in a spot where there is a lot of consternation. I've used that word twice now. Frustration, I think, with the way that it's all Consternation's a fun one to say, though. I think I, heard, I think I heard Tyler use it the other day, so it's kind of stayed with me. All right, um, I owe you a little bit of Miguel Chavis. Let me give you one thing here from him. He was asked about – now, we had him on the Coach's Corner last Thursday night, and we had asked him about, all right, guys in your room, nine guys in that edge rusher, defensive end, outside linebacker room, however you want to phrase it. When I asked him, is there a guy that's standing out, what did he give us? All of them. Here was Miguel Chavis. I think Hoove opened the press conference just asking him about how installation goes is going and how he's feeling about his room. And scene. Yeah, so uh we're practice three or four now. It's uh and um it's been fun, man. It's been a new team. You know, Reggie Grimes is, is you know, our guys are trying to build leadership, trying to get guys asking questions and, and challenging older guys to talk and lead and and um and he was talking to the group uh, one particular point of the day and, and just reminding him, man, have fun. Have fun. You know, it's stressful. It's, it's demanding. It's this high level of accountability, John. But, man, just have fun, guys. That's why we're playing this game. So that's what I would say. The first thing I would say is fun. You know, and just I've mentioned this before here in the past couple of weeks, but there does seem to be a new sense of, of optimism and hope and uh, excitement. Um, and and from our perspective, you know, we uh, don't talk about somebody who ain't here. And so 
I'll stay out of that. But, man, I just try to bring, bring intensity and, and details and accountability every day. And so I walked in as Coach V was finishing up and just talking about, man, we're in the, the land, the, form, the foundation. And so um, we're being highly critical and highly demanding, and we're not stopping loving our guys. But, man, this is, this is the most important time of laying the foundation for who we're going to be in the season. And so I would say very competitive. I would say uh, high intensity, and I would say really fun. And uh, um, everybody's been having highs and lows. You know, it's the first three days of four days of spring ball. You'll have guys make some, some, some days guys are making plays, other days other guys are making plays. And so it's, my, my goal is to have raised the floor of the, of the position group and then as a, as a DN's coach, when you have two positions, you really want to have, obviously, uh, sounds kind of obvious, but as much depth as you can, John. And you really would love to have a, a top five group. You know, so I got nine guys. Everybody's going to play. We don't give anything away. Uh, this isn't a third grade uh, flag football. You earn what you get. But if you earn it, you're going to play. And so if you earn 20% of the snaps, you're going to play 20% of the time. And uh, that's, that's where we're in right now, trying to create competition trying to raise the floor, um, raise the level of accountability and details. Notice he did sneak a name in there. He did sneak a name right off the bat. He mentioned Reggie Grimes. Confirmed Reggie Grimes starter, star of camp. But he's got nine guys in there. We ran through the list in that edge rusher outside room. David Aguebu was not a name that was mentioned, though I did ask him about, I don't think, position versatility. And he kind of looked at me. I'm like, cross-training. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But didn't really get into specifics. Of who maybe right. might be doing that. Or, or, or if that's something they're even looking at at that position. I think a lot of people look at position versatility for football and they think safety, corner, nickel back. But I don't know. I mean, Teddy could tell me I'm a moron for even bringing it up. But I wonder if that's something that is possible with that defensive end room. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Absolutely. All right, we do a break. Do you buy that last text message? I have no reason to doubt anyone. I think you all are being very honest with me whenever you text the show. Yeah, I buy this. I wouldn't go to the hospital when I was in hard labor when Duke was playing Kansas in the NCAA final many years ago. I was too late for the epidural, but worth it. I get it, Eric Church. I get it. So, first of all, if go you're Blue too- Devils or Rock Shock Jayhawk to the if, texter. Well, she said Duke first. But if she was too late for the epidural, dude, that is my kind of sports fan right there. Well, and if you're a Duke fan, you won that championship, so yeah, it was worth it. You'd be really mad if you didn't win it. All right, little news to take us home. Fun show, man. Little little dicey. We kind of mixed it up in hour one. You guys were in a, a feisty mood, but as typically happens. Yeah, we shot that down, though, real quick, didn't we? smooth we? things together because we're, like Vin Diesel said, family. Like we said, if you don't like the show after two weeks, give it two more weeks. That's right. I'll take a timeout. It's a blank show. So, 
It starts with I don't know why In the world where context is needed a lot and we don't always get it. I'm glad Bob Provillo gave us a little context to his tweet that he threw out because at the core of it, it sounds like some impressive shade being thrown. Kale Gundy, talking about Jeff Levy, referred to him as the most well-rounded offensive mind he's ever been around, polished in all areas to quote-unquote it's very impressive. Now, as you might imagine, that opens up the idea he's throwing shade. It makes the rounds. Everyone's like, oh, there you go. That's my coach. That's my coach. But I'm, I'm glad that Bob later clarified. No shade to Lincoln Riley. Kale Gundy said Riley is easily one of the most creative offensive minds. Yeah, I think the toothpaste is already out of the tube in that one, bro. I don't I don't know if you're if you're funneling back in the tweet that has 260 likes in the span of 20 minutes to the one that has like like two. Done. That thing's blowing up, bro. Uh I know we usually try to fit in the news according to Josh in the last two days. I've been horrible. Uh, we, we've gone long. We've got way too far ahead of the chains. We're at second and a half yard, and we just can't justify throwing a bomb. But I can't. I can't. By the way, this dude is fantastic. This, this, there's no one outside of this 405 texter. That we, and by the way, remember Dave Garrett used to always know. By the the Mike Steely, Dave Garrett impersonation is one of the greatest impersonations in the history of ever. <laughs> Have you ever heard it? DG, whenever DG on the radio would give all the texters like a number. Maybe we start <laughs> right. giving TF uh, the franchise. What, wasn't that what it was? Like it was TF TF nine two four seven eight. Love Dave. Love Dave. He's one of my favorite people of all time. Maybe that's what we need to start doing. Or y'all need to give yourself names. But no one gets the show better than this dude. No, we should. We should never do that. That was. Painful to hear him say T.S. <laughs> I know, blank, right? blank, Just blank. give yourself a name. We'll go with it. Whatever name you give yourself, we'll go with it. Um, but I don't want to get sidetracked from the news or anything else without mentioning I hated to see Gabby Gregory enter the portal. Mm. And she is one of my favorite athletes. Now, I don't think Gabby could give two S's about me. This has nothing to do with me. But I just thoroughly enjoyed someone who came from Holland Hall, um, had Gatorade Player of the Year tagged on her, and immediately came in and delivered from day one. I mean, she's she delivered from day one. This offseason for her was pretty hellish. She had an injury that prevented her from even getting on the court, and maybe she'll want to have some time to talk about it at some point. I don't know. But And by the time she finally got on the court, it was a tough rotation to crack, right? And then when she got on the court, it was it had to be frustrating because she'd miss a lot of practice. And I remember asking Coach Bronchek about her, and she's like, you know, we're just now getting to coach her. And that's whenever I was on the road with them in Waco. <laughs> so I understand coaching change, injuries, you want to transfer, but again, we'll see. Good luck to Gabby Gregory and wherever she ends up next. We good? Did we miss anything on the show today? Pretty complete. Jen Roach is scheduled for tomorrow. 
I've I've got some college football talk. I'm about ready to give up on college basketball guests. I have never been shunned more than I have by college football guests, our college basketball guests. But we'll talk more about the Final Four. We can hate on Eric Church if you want. Josh, have a great day. We'll be live from Cavens tomorrow. Steel Man of Thune at noon coming up next. Everyone have a great rest of your Wednesday. We'll see you tomorrow right here on the Home of Sooner. That I used to know have gone out the window. All the things that she used to bring. All the songs that she used to sing. All the favorite TV shows have gone out the window.